This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. Listen to the Labor and Energy Show and get educated from expert guests about climate change. What they say and who they are will surprise you. Presented by PBF Energy, Neuter Construction, and Furness Electrical Contractors. The Labor and Energy Show, this Sunday night at 6. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? It's going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this, too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery. In collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, this is J. Doc. I'm in the driver's seat this week for Krause. Uh, we've got a fantastic show. Uh, what I love about the broadcast is the opportunity uh, to not only showcase, uh, our, you know, our labor unions, uh, you know, those who do a lot of work in the energy sector, but to also talk about the different facets of the work and everything. And, and we don't often get the opportunity to, uh, you know, because we're so diverse in our in our shows in regards to um, the guests. You know, they range from, uh, you know, energy uh, company and energy organization uh, presidents and, and, and executives to our labor union leaders uh, on a local level and an international level. And so today's show is going to be all about the unions. So ecstatic to bring in uh, Ken Gominger, uh, USW International Staff Rep uh, for District 4. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm doing good today. How are you doing? I'm, I'm fantastic, my friend. And uh, if if you would uh, tell our listeners a, a little bit about yourself and and what you do for the United Steelworkers. Okay, I'll give you a little history. Uh, started out as a young twenty year old kid working out at the Delaware City Refinery. Um, put twenty four years in at the Delaware City Refinery. Um, Seventeen as a, as an operator. The last seven, I ran the uh, Union Health and Safety Program there. Uh, doing incident investigations, um, running standing instructions, um, and also um, doing safety audits and those types of things um, at the Delaware City Refinery. Um, last 10 years I was there, I was the local union president. I was an officer for about uh, probably 17 of my 24 years there. Um, and then in uh, 2014, got tapped on the shoulder by the international uh, asked if I'd be interested in uh, stepping away from the refinery, 
coming to work for the uh, international as a, a staff rep. Um, so a staff rep, my day to day day to day duties include negotiating contracts, handling grievances, arbitrations. Um, you know, doing talk shows. Uh, <laughs> you know, t- testifying, and I've, I've testified at uh, EPA hearings and, and those types of things. Um, you know, you know what's interesting, though, how, you know, and, and I'm going to jump in there for a second because okay. um, before we well, before we open up the show, you 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 primarily cover New Jersey and Delaware, but you're, uh, the, you know, the the areas that you cover are vast. Uh, 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 talk about you know what District Four uh, encompasses. Yeah, um, District Four encompasses from Maine all the way down to Delaware on the East Coast, excluding uh, Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is its own district, District 10, and also the island of Puerto Rico we have. Um, there's The district's made up of sub-district offices. I actually work out of my, my office is actually in uh, Edison, New Jersey, which is about an hour and 45 minutes from where I uh, live, and uh, close to, I'm closer to Delaware, uh, New Jersey state line. Now, would, now, do you have a satellite office in 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 Puerto Rico? Um, they have they have a, a sub district office there in Puerto Rico. Yes, they do. Um, and there's a staff there uh, at that office. Um, and then our our my my boss, sub district director for Edison, um, kind of oversees oversees that as well as the district the, uh, district director, which is uh, currently Del Vitel. So, and, and so having said that, um, it's a vast area, uh, a lot of coverage. Who do you represent? You know, we talked yesterday about the United Steelworkers. And, you know, people would think, okay, uh, everybody's working in a steel plant. <laughs> and that's, and that's uh, you know, what you guys do. And, of course, you guys do that. But it's a vast workforce. Um, can you talk about, you know, the, 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 the diversity in, in the industries um, that the USW covers? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, you know, uh, there's always a saying that we say that we represent workers from the cradle to the grave. Um, and the reason we say that is because we have uh, nurses that work in the delivery wards um, all the way to uh, grave diggers. We have visiting nurses. We have, of course, oil refineries, uh, you know, steel plants, uh, can manufacturers. Uh, I mean, you, you name it, I one of my assignments, and this is funny when I tell people, is actually a horse farm uh, out in Gloucester County, New Jersey. It's called the Dream Park, um, and they do therapeutic uh, horse riding there as well as horse shows and those types of things. So it's, uh, I even represent some uh, public sector, um, City of Gloucester, Gloucester County Utility Authority, Gloucester County Improvement Authority is part of the Dream Park. Um, so we pretty much anybody who wants to join the union and we can help you out, we're going we're to do our best. And, and, and it's interesting because, first of all, obviously, you know, you're obviously studying a lot and you have an expertise in a lot of different industries. So the scope of your work and your jurisdiction, um, how do you adjust to that? You know, I mean, with, with all those areas that are incredibly interesting um, and certainly not stereotypical of what people would think steelworker United Steelworkers um, would uh, have jurisdiction over. I mean, like you said, uh, different industries, different uh, public private sector. 
uh, brings different challenges. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, me coming out of, the, the, uh, out of an oil refinery and basically my background being uh, mostly in oil, um, it did take an adjustment period. Uh, you know, steel workers give us a lot of training, our, the staff, and, and we have a lot of support. I mean, one thing I'll say is that the steel workers is actually my uh, – Second union, yeah. You know, through the merger, I became a steel worker. Originally, I was part of the OCAW, and then we merged with the uh, United Paper Workers, made PACE, and then in 2005, the Paper Workers and the USWA merged and became the steel workers. Um, and what's impressed me is, you know, the amount of support we get, um, the departments we have. I mean, we have probably the best, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit, in my right. opinion, one of the best health and safety departments. Uh, in, in the labor movement, um, and that, how that we train our folks, and not even just folks like me, you know, the rank and file members, the training that's available to them for health and safety, uh, rapid response, you know, learning how to lobby, you know, senators and Congress people. You know, we have veterans committee that does a lot. Of matter of fact, we just passed uh, a law in uh, New York um, requiring uh, employers to post a poster, kind of like. Uh, you know, workers' comp type poster with all the uh, benefits and things that are available through state, federal, and everything else for, for veterans. Because a lot of our veterans and returning uh, veterans don't know what's actually offered to them. You know, they have to hunt and peck and find that stuff. And that was some legislation that we got passed in New York that we're actually looking to introduce in the uh, nine states, uh, the other eight states, and Puerto Rico. Um, to try to get that legislation passed to help our uh, our veterans, and you, and and you know you um, uh, we we talk about safety, and then when we were prepping, it's such an important part of the job, and and um, and and I want to I'm going to dedicate the next several minutes to to that topic, but before I do, I was one one of the things that's so impressive about the USW, right, and what you guys do is um, demonstrating the 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 importance of organizing, okay. The, you know, the opportunities that you provide for industries that otherwise would not have the opportunity to be represented by, you know, by a collective bargaining agreement. Um, so as, before we segue into that, you know, very important job safety conversation, talk about that priority of organizing and, and being a ve- vehicle for organizing for those out there, like you said, you, you, a horse farm for crying out loud. Now, when somebody organizes, it's because they're 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 not they're being taken advantage of for the most part in their in their workplace. Uh, you you provide a landing uh, spot for somebody like that. Talk about the importance of organizing. Well, I mean, organizing is, is the lifeblood of, of of the union, you know, um, and. One thing I always say is that you know if you're not on the you're not, you're not at the table then you're on the menu and yep. uh, you know um, and most most instances you know uh, the way laws are and all that if you don't have a union you're an employee at will and it's not your will it's the will of the company um, you know joining a union gives you you know financial stability also gives you basically a seat at the table right so you're going to be able to bargain you know, your working conditions and have a say in the working conditions, you know, health and safety, you know, those types of things. Um, Where if you don't have a union, you know, um, you don't have that say. I mean, an employer, for the most part, can fire you for anything they want as long as it's not discriminatory, Um, you know. Yeah, Um, and and, and and it's certainly, it's so interesting. We say often in the labor movement that um, the, the difference between being in a union 
and 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 not being in a union is a difference in a career and having a career and a job. And like you said, the protections, the benefits, uh, the, the the fair wages. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the safety training and all those situations and, and the training itself um, are the difference between being in a labor union and, like you said, the protections. Uh, the fact that uh, an employer, uh, a rogue employer can't just walk down and, and just can somebody uh, for, for a stupid reason. Listen, we all know Pennsylvania's a right to work, uh, an at-will state, not right to work. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, it, but and and then at will, uh, you know, workplace means you, you know somebody could be fired for any reason. So those protections of being in a union are such a big deal. One of the things you talked about, and we'll segue into it now, is uh, the, the the priority of job safety, safety training, um, and 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 we're in you know and when you talk about the refineries and industrial plants and a lot of different areas, I imagine a horse farm for crying out loud. Um, you know, safety is is priority one, and being in a union gives you that opportunity to get that to get the training, um, but also to have them standards on 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 the job. So, because we all know what Philippash is here in the Delaware Valley and OSHA, and every year uh, we have the Workers Memorial where where we we pay homage to those individuals who went who left for work and didn't come home. Talk talk about the priority of job safety and the training you provide for your workers so that they do come home on the job. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, safety is paramount. You know, if you, you don't have good health and safety rules, regulations, um, and training, you know, the most important thing is, you know, you can have the greatest contract in the world, but if you don't have a say in health and safety and the training is not there and all that, it doesn't matter if you're you're not, you know, we were just talking about this today, um, alive, you know, because um, like you said, a lot of our, our industries are, 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 you know, pretty serious, dangerous industries without regulations, without the health and safety training. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough, like I said, my last seven years at the refinery, I was the, the health and safety rep uh, in charge of incident investigation and all that. The place I worked at, we had... We have five union guys that work hand in hand with the company and, you know, hold the companies accountable, you know, and are there as a check and balance. Uh, you know, in all of our contracts, we try to get very strong health and safety language, joint health and safety committees, because um, who knows the hazards on the job more than the workers? You know, we live them day in and day out. And when we can have that, that contractual language and be able to provide that training, um, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't list all the, the train, different trainings that, we, you know, the USW offers through the Tony Mosaki Center and through our health and safety department, uh, incident investigation, hazard mapping, you know, identifying hazards. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just well, it's, limited the number of training. I, I, and I happen to work when I was an, uh, when I was a, a union iron worker, which I've, I've, I've had my card for um, since 1982, okay, and I was uh, the job steward on one of the refineries in in, in Philly. I think it was Sun, um, and we and, and we were down there. I'm talking decades ago, and uh, you know there are so many different areas. Uh, you know, listen, we're putting up steel, okay. So you have 
there's all and for the people to understand this, there's so many different facets. When you think of safety, you think of maybe being on a high reach and tying off and and all those things. But um, when you're talking about and 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 look on high rise buildings, um, or, you know, or you know, there, those there's a lot of different areas because that's what we did. But we also worked at the refineries. You talk mm-hmm. about the ke- the chemicals, understanding that the the tag outs when somebody's working inside a boiler, um, when somebody's working inside a ditch, having the right training. There's a ton of facets, um, and and there's including chemical. Uh, you know, chemical, uh, you, know, you know, situations where you can certainly see if, if there's a dangerous chemical in the air. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about, you, you know, the, the many different areas that you train for and the fact that uh, that's what job stewards are for and, and going over and prepping everybody and educating them to each different job they're doing on the dangers and the safety precautions. Yeah, I mean, you touched on a few things. You know, lockout tag at is, is, and energy isolation is very huge in maintaining folks' safety. You know, our folks get trained on that. Um, you know, uh, confined space entry, uh, you know, working at he- elevated high levels, you know, uh, like you said, tying off properly, scaffold training. Um, you know, we, we, we take great pride in making sure that our folks get the, the, the training they need. And like I said, that changes from industry to industry because different industries, you know, have different hazards out there. Uh, process in, in, in the refineries and, and, and chemical plants, process safety management. We do a lot of uh, training on that, you know. Um, training on, like you said, hazmat, you know, chemicals. How do you respond to chemicals? Um, it, it, it's a, a very massive it's limitless. That's all. That's all. Yep. And that's and that's the benefit of being in a union. And and, and if you don't know those things, you you, know, you have no idea um, if you haven't been trained in those particular areas where the dangers are and being trained to to successfully uh, deal with those situations. Let's let's um, segue. And I want to remind our listeners to listen to the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, this is Jay Doc in the driver's seat for Krause. Um, yeah, we have we're having a fantastic uh, conversation. Uh, with Ken Gomeringer uh, of the United Steelworkers International Staff Rep District Four, uh, Ken, let's let's talk about because um, it's very interesting when you talk about uh, our you know what, you know our labor community um, and our energy community and 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 the fact that this is where um, they intersect with, with the United Steelworkers, the boilermakers, the steam fitters, ironworkers also uh, when it comes to construction and all those things. But you guys. Um, this is a primary part of this. This is part, a big part of your everyday workforce. Talk about um, that. You know the the refineries in in particular as they relate to our jobs um, and and the U.S. Uh, steel workers, United Steel Workers. Uh, what 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 part of of your workforce is is uh, do the refineries provide? Um, I mean, basically, if you look at the the makeup of the whole international. We have close to thirty thousand uh, uh, workers in the oil and, and, and you know chemical sector. Um, you know, and as, as you know, you know when people think of refineries, they usually think of gasoline and, and things like that. But I mean, petroleum products are basically in just about everything we touch or use uh, in today's in today's world. Um, you know, and then like I said, you, you throw the chemical sector on top of that. You know. Um, there's a lot. I mean, we have atomic workers, you know, so they're, they're providing power and, and those types of things. I mean, even um, when they're talking about transitioning to other types of, of, of uh, 
you know, fuel and stuff like that. We have members in, in, in those uh, branches of uh, work. Um, and so it's a big part of of what you you guys do, and it's been it, you know obviously over. A, I'm going to throw in because we got about five minutes left, but obviously the political process is a big part of of what we do, you know, as as a labor community. Okay, mm-hmm. and a lot of our, our our energy sector jobs, including our refinery jobs, have been in flux because of uh, you know a, a left wing ideology that wants to wipe off our energy sector jobs, our refineries, um, a ton of different, uh, you know, industries. uh, They'd like to wipe us off without really understanding or being educated on the need for our traditional energy resources. Talk about that situation and the challenges we've had to fight over the last several years. um, And in a sense, even having to educate our own people and our own members in uh, the reasons why we need to maintain our our energy resources our workforce our independence um and not shut ourselves down and and, and in the next breath be importing the same products we just shut down right um you know like you said we do we do do a lot of lobbying i mean uh, we've helped out with uh you know talking to the epa about RINs and the cost of RINs and, and things like that that affect uh, the oil refineries. Um, they were talking about shutting down a line five out in Ohio, which would have shut down one of our refineries. And we, we, we did some lobbying and some educating. I think a lot of it is educating people, you know, because you can have fossil fuels. And, you know, we all want a clean environment. We all want, you know, clean drinking water, clean air and all that. And, and there's things that we can do to, you know, help our employers with, you know, clean transitions, uh, carbon capture, those types of things. There's technology out there to make, you know, the refineries and run more reliably, more safe, and more environmentally sound. You know, it just requires a, a capital investment from them. From them. Well, well, and and you know, can you you know you, that you said a mouthful there, and I'll tell you, that, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's the truth though. People don't realize. You know, obviously, safety is a priority. It's a conversation we had yesterday uh, and, and we had, you know, uh, earlier. And having said that, but you, you mentioned the environment. I haven't met since we've been doing the broadcast. I have not met more environmentally conscious people than our labor leaders, our, our, our union members, and when it comes to our energy sector leaders also. And what's amazing about the process is, and what people don't realize is, they want to, uh, you know, we do it more efficiently, we do it cleaner environmentally um, wise and safer than anybody can, that, that, than they, and our standards are much higher than they, than they have overseas, yet we have the same ozone level, okay? We have the same issues, um, and so that's such an important point that you make. Um, the quality of the u- union labor um, and, 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 and the great workforce that you guys provide, and at the same time, the environmental consciousness, the safety, uh, the, 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 the safety consciousness and education. People have to know that. Um, and, 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 and the fact that we do, we do it better in the United States than anybody else. Let me do this. Um, uh, Ken, we only have about 30 seconds left. Uh, I want to obviously thank you um, for what you're doing, obviously, for your members, for the great job you do, um, uh, in your, not only in, in your district but across the country, my friend. Uh, job well done. Keep up the good work. 
Oh, thank you very much. You know, it's our, our my pleasure to serve. You know, our our members and all that. You know, it's, it's about working people and keeping people working and keeping them safe. You know. Absolutely. Ken Gominger, United Steelworker International Staff Rep, District 4. Ken, thanks so much for joining us on the Labor and Energy Show. Thank you. All right, we'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show after the break. This is a Labor and Energy Action Alert. Did you know the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act, if passed, will charge Pennsylvania businesses for water usage integral to the operation of the businesses, many of which that provide PA residents with vital services. The expenses of charging for such water usage will be astronomical and may jeopardize the operations of the businesses themselves as well as jobs. Take action now. Subscribe to www.gov.net to track this legislation and call your PA state representatives and voice your opinion to oppose the Pennsylvania Water Resource Act. Quality PA businesses and good paying jobs depend on it. What's a boiler maker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. First chartered in 1903, Steamfitters Local 420 has been constructing and installing mechanical systems throughout the Delaware Valley for over a century. United by excellence, this local is proud to have worked on projects such as the Sun Oil Refineries, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the stadiums for all our Philly teams. From helmets to hard hats, Local 420 represents the history of Philadelphia. Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, business manager. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the labor union community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell, Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, we've got a fantastic broadcast. Uh, shout out to Ken, Ken Cominger uh, of the United Steelworkers uh, Union. Fantastic uh, segment there and, and lots to uh, learn from in regards to what our labor union members do and the great job the USW does. Uh, I'm ecstatic also to bring in somebody who's no stranger to the broadcast and somebody who, when it, when it comes to talking, when, when, when you talk about, uh, you know, unions and, uh, you know, especially construction unions. Um, the last segment we did was phenomenal, and and talk it talks to to, to, to the the credit of, of what union the cutting edge technologies that that our union movement is 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 uh, introducing into the community. I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Dominic Lucero, who's business agent, Boilermakers Local 549 out of Pittsburgh, California. Dominic, how are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for having me. 
Well, it's a pleasure. So glad you could join us. The last time you were on the program, man, my head was spinning. I mean, you know, we talked about the, you know, the the, the new things that you guys are introducing in uh, in regards to the to, to the scope of the work with the board makers, the technologies, and all those things. Um, tell our listeners, if you will, you're a business agent. Tell, you know, tell our listeners or remind them. A little bit about yourself and, and your career and responsibilities as as a business agent for the Boilermakers Union. Absolutely. So uh, I worked in field construction for 10 years before I uh, was hired on as an instructor, and I worked on our apprenticeship side for over three years. And uh, this year I started as a business agent. Um, in that time that I was serving as an instructor, uh, me and a few members had started a committee uh, called the New Endeavors Research and Development Committee, or NERD for short. And our goal was to look at the new technologies as far as energy production uh, that was happening out here in California and try to um, find a way for organized labor to be a part of that. And and so. it's interesting because when you, uh, when you talk about being a business agent, and I've, uh, you know, we talk about your responsibilities. In a sense... Um, and, and it, you know, the union community and, and, and you know, kind of uh, to the surprise of, of, you know, lay people out there who are not familiar with unions, um, different unions are structured different. So uh, a lot of our, our, our public unions have presidents and, um, and the president runs the union. A lot of our building trades um, unions, they're, they're, they're the head of the union in, in, in specific unions and not all. But uh, are, are, is is the business manager, and then you have your business agents, you have your financial secretaries, organizers, and president. Sometimes, in, a, in you know, president of of, of a, a building trade union um, is coupled with another title. I I, I mention that um, because as as a business agent, and and it's very important that you have people that are out in the field that understand their industry. And understand because you're, you're you're competing against non-union and 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 you, you you know understanding how to negotiate and do different things like that. Talk about the important facets that you have to understand, if you would, Dominic, um, when you're out in the field. And and as a business agent in in your union, is it are, are you more of a field rep? Yeah, so it's a bit of a whirlwind. Um, our local out here. Uh, covers all of Northern California and Northern Nevada. So it's a massive area. Um, Currently, what my job looks like is a lot of building trades meetings and trying to work together with other crafts out here to make sure that we're all successful. Um, A lot of my time is spent in uh, researching these new technologies and then cross-referencing that with uh, what the different crafts jurisdictions are to make sure that uh, we're bringing up all the unions in our area together, not just one. And uh, a massive amount of my time is spent researching uh, different jobs that are coming up and then relaying that to our contractors. So I'm kind of the middleman between the contractors and the owners, and I try to bring this all together so we can all be successful. And, you know, that's so interesting because I was just going to bring up the contractor, okay? And it's so important for all of our members to understand um, that without an employer or a contractor, we don't have a job, okay? And so it's a two-way street. And, uh, you know, having that relationship with the contractor, uh, but like you said the last time you were on the broadcast, 
Yeah, you know, you are, and, and you, you touched on it just now, you are a, a, a liaison. But in your sense, you're not just a liaison between the job, uh, you know, the contractor and the members. You're, you're a liaison when it comes to new technologies uh, and, 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 and expanding the scope of your work with the employers. Because if they don't know about them, and that was one of the most amazing things I ever heard. Um, if, if they don't, if, if the employers don't know about these new technologies, there's no way they can benefit from them or employer members. Talk about that as a priority during your everyday job. So I was pretty lucky in the fact that I had already been working here in the office for three years. So when I took on this new role, I kind of just dived in face first. Uh, the first thing I knew that we needed was data. Uh, when last time we had talked, I was going out and speaking with our contractors about these new industries and honestly that was more talking to our contractors about an idea now we have firm data and a firm roadway for them to be able to walk down Um, so what i had found through looking at our man hours we we just had shy of a million uh, man hour field construction man hours last year and 90 percent of that was in refineries right um, which is good that's healthy But at the same time, refineries or petrochemical refining out here in California and Nevada is under attack. It's only about eight out eight percent of the total industry uh, as far as field construction goes. So ninety percent of eight percent is all we had. So it's really just about diversifying, and that's what I do. I go out to these contractors and I show them the diversity of the field. Because these contractors have been doing this kind of work for a long time. Uh, and it, it's a lot of risk to step outside of your comfort zone and go into industries that you might be unfamiliar with. So my job is to kind of pave that road uh, with them. And if I had to put a metaphor to it, um, you know, the contractor, there are legs for helping us move forward. And uh, the owners are the arms to help us be able to get the work done. And I have to bring these two together in order for any of this to work. And and having said that, um, and, you know, because I, I get so impressed um, when I see unions expanding the scope of their work. It's the difference between standing on the tracks and waiting the train to run you over, okay, and just sitting there going, there's no work. Well, you know, because everybody's got a jurisdiction, okay, and, 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 um, and, and you know, this, this is not the union community of uh, of our great 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 maybe you know great great grandparents and i'm and by the way those were great union leaders back then and um they were creating what we now know but for for the picture if you would what is the majority you mentioned 90 percent of eight percent but what is and i want to i want to kind of like paint the picture what is the majority when you talk about the uh, uh, uh boilermaker stereotypically speaking Where's the majority of the work that your that your um, workforce works? So the definition of a boilermaker is a craftsperson that works on any kind of containment or pressure vessel. What that has turned into over the last twenty to thirty years has been mainly focused around coal-fired boilers and petrochemical refining. And and so having said that, okay, um, you are. Your committee, the New Endeavors Committee, um, you and your uh, colleagues, and I love the, the, the you know, the nerd acronym, um, the, the uh, uh, you're creating and researching other areas 
to expand your scope in the technologies and the energy sector um, so that your employers have other opportunities to bid on work over and above the stereotypical work that you that you mentioned that 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 that. Uh, you know, obviously is, uh, you know, the, the, the indicative of, of, of a boilermaker. Um, and it's incredibly important because that then gives your members an opportunity. Talk about, if you would, the training, like as you, as you, because it's, you know, finding and research in these areas. Okay. Incredibly important. Okay. And can you give me a, a progress, uh, kind of an update on some of the, some of the areas that you have made progress in. And I'm go- And I asked that question because you're expanding the scope of your work. Incredibly impressive. But at the same time, and then you're giving your contractors an opportunity. They have to train themselves and educate themselves. You have to educate them. Um, but you also have to train your own members, correct? So talk about, you know, what progress you've made in, in those areas so far. In my opinion, and I'm biased coming from the apprenticeship side, in my opinion, the only thing that separates us from non-organized workers is the fact that we have an educational program. Oh, yeah. And one thing I was absolutely certain about was if I was going to go out there and make these promises to our contractors and to the owners that we were going to show up and we were going to provide, it couldn't be an empty promise. So training is always first and foremost. We have to have skilled craftsmen that rise above the rest when they show up on the job site. Um, now, the things that we got working, so we also have um, industrial sector shops, fabrication shops, and shops that um, honestly do a lot of different stuff. So our goal is to really bridge the gap to be a full-service provider. So we have shops out here that uh, they actually manufacture rigging equipment and steel chokers and stuff. Um, we have uh, shops out here that uh, fabricate and deliver uh, small package boilers, and they go out and they have boiler techs and they service them. Uh, we have galvanizing shops. We have all kinds of different things. What our goal would be is to provide the owner with those services of the shops and then a complete service from our field construction side at the same time. I think the mentality for a long time was, and to some extent it was true, unions are the best. If you want the best, you come to us. And I think over the last 30 years, I don't know if that was necessarily serving us, where we have to get back out in the market and we have to um, let people know exactly who we are again and provide resources to people. So that is my, my goal is to provide resources, um, whether that's to our owners, to our contractors, or uh, to our apprenticeship programs. I got a phone call last week uh, from an engineering firm who's going to be working on a, um, a woody biomass to hydrogen project in our area. And the first thing I told them was, we are going to stay in contact. I would like to schedule a meeting with you. I would like to talk about the different alloys that you're going to have in this. I would like to talk about anything that's going to happen as far as project labor agreements, what the man, uh, the man hour requirement is going to be, and what we can do to help you guys be successful. That yeah. is a long ways away from waiting for people to knock on our door like it used to be. Well, and, 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 and you know what? I mean, it's really refreshing to hear that because it's really one of my points when I introduced you. Have, being a business agent and being, you know, uh, and, 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 and being able to accommodate your own contractors and be a breath of fresh air, um, you know, people stereotype unions, 
you know, like, um, you know, this is what we do. If you don't like it, we'll send somebody out worse. I'm going to sit right here on my lunch pal until, you know, and, and it's just a terrible, terrible, uh, you know, it's, it's a terrible stereotype. It's so awesome to hear um, that we have labor leaders out there in the different locals like yourself um, out there being a, a resource for your contractors. Um, what's the reality what, in this? You know, I mean, I'm a pretty I'm assuming it's a good risk. But what, what's the response you get? Um, with with your with your contractors, your signatory contractors, um, that by the way is for our listeners. That means that um, you, you, have, you have contractors that are signed a collective bargaining agreements. Um, is it does it seem like a breath of fresh air to them? And is it is that approach um, conducive to creating great relationships um, with your contractors? So we roughly have, just off the top of my head, if I had to think, roughly 15 contractors who do a significant amount of work out here. Uh, I've only had one contractor up to this point go, eh, no, that's not what we do. Um, and then their counterpart uh, started reaching out to me wondering what it was. For the, uh, almost every single time, our contractors have said, your timing couldn't be any better. Uh, it's no secret out here. Everybody, everybody sees the transition coming. Everybody can see the writing on the walls. Um, and everybody's kind of asking themselves, how long are we going to ride this ship into the water? Because uh, we know it's coming. And, um, and so. I mean, listen, it's such a breath of fresh air. Let's talk. Uh, let's segue a little bit. We've got about seven minutes left in the, in, in the, in the conversation. Um, and I, I want to let our people uh, know that you're, you're listening to the Labor and Energy Show. Uh, this is Jay Doc in the driver's seat for uh, Joe Krause. Uh, certainly, you know, we've got a, a fantastic conversation. Dominic Lucero, uh, who is uh, the business agent of local uh, Boulder Makers Local 549, Pittsburgh, California, who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he said he was never going to leave Pittsburgh, and he didn't. He moved to Pittsburgh, right. Pittsburgh, California, which to me is unbelievable. Um, having said that, is there, by the way, is there a big Steelers contingent in Pittsburgh, California? Not as much as you would like. Right. <laughs> I didn't think so. It's kind of a distance. But having said that, um, uh, Dominic, let's talk a little bit about politics and labor, okay? Um, you, you, and... and, and uh, you know, you guys, especially when it comes to legislation and all those, uh, talk about how important and uh, you know our, our politics are to our labor community, and then also talk about you get you know you're you're delving into uh, you're running for office yourself, but talk about the importance of, of, of politics and, and and labor working together. So there's a lot of things that can happen that can be extremely detrimental to labor unions without us even realizing it's happening. If you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. Um, so we've been able to do some amazing things with uh, our international vice president, Tom Baca, and our international rep, Tim Jeffries, um, who really spearheaded what was known as Senate Bill 54, Skilled and Trained, where we were able to uh, organize any petrochemical refining uh, facility in California. 60% uh, manpower has to be from a state-approved uh, graduate apprenticeship program. Absolutely. And, uh, so, and some that I've been talking about a lot. Um, so, I, I participated at the California Energy Commission and the California Air Resources Board, and, and a lot of different aspects, especially with building trades, which is the probably the most important. Um, really, 
the things I've been working on is what people call a, a just transition. And what, what we're pushing for is 100% uh, project labor agreements on any new technology, new energy technology project. Uh, and I've been pounding the table telling them, if you are going to reinvent uh, our infrastructure here, you are going to build it with Californians. You're not going to bring in un, unorganized workers from all over the country who make minimal wages, no health care, no benefits, nothing, right. and rebuild our infrastructure. And we were asked, what do, you, what do you think about just transition? What does that really mean? And for me, it means one for one. For every job that we lose inside our traditional energy infrastructure, you put that person directly on another project or uh, on part of their regular maintenance. Um, we've been, I have been working with uh, my buddy Senator Josh Becker out here um, on really where prevailing wage is hurting us and where the wage theft is happening. And um, these are all things that have to be addressed. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot out here. Uh, we're, we're a big jurisdiction, and we have a lot of stuff to cover. Absolutely. And, and, and understanding, you know, and educating our members on that process. You mentioned uh, project labor agreements and, and uh, apprentice, uh, you know, education. OK, we got about four minutes left, but you can't you know, you know our, our apprentice schools uh, and, and the Boilermakers uh, fantastic uh, program across the board. Um, they are what, you know, the educated workers that we have ensure that. When you have a massive government project or any type of massive project that we have the workforce and the quality craftsmen and women to be able to do the job. Okay, it's not just what I what I I love what you're saying, Dominic, but I also want the people to understand when you talk about project labor agreements, we're guaranteeing there will be no work stoppages. We're guaranteeing uh, and, and I'm talking that, that we're going to have the quality uh, union labor there to get the job done on time and safe and efficiently. There's so much for the employer and the owner of the project to benefit as well as us. It's not just about us securing jobs, which is, you know, it's about us securing jobs, good paying jobs, family sustaining jobs, you know, you know with, with wages, benefits and, 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 and safely. Uh, in good working conditions, but it also benefits the employers and the owner of the project. Talk about that. Well, I mean, first and foremost, so our our apprenticeship program is the equivalent to an associate's degree in mechanical engineering. It, yep. It's a lot. Uh, aside from that, really what we have to teach the people who are coming in uh, is professionalism more than anything. Like you had mentioned, there is no work stoppages. Um, we, we need to teach the people who are coming into the trades, uh, how to present themselves with respect and respect the owner, respect the facility. Cause when I first came up, uh, the, the mentality was, this is our house. We built this. Um, and that's, that cannot stand anymore. We have to oh, understand yeah. we guests in people's house and we go there and we act accordingly. I know if I had a contractor come in and remodel my house and, and they were spitting tobacco all over the oh, floor yeah. and, and giving me attitude, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, you're out. So uh, one thing I would like to mention, uh, yes, I, I was running for uh, delegate uh, for the Democratic Party out here in California, and I was running with uh, 13 other slate mates, uh, all of us um, union, every single one of us awesome. backed by the, uh, the California uh, Labor Council and by the state building trades and um, or our Contra Costa building trades, and every single one of us were elected. 
all of awesome. us. And I got a phone call um, from uh, the Contra Costa Labor Council congratulating me, and I told them it's really good to know that organized labor still works, that when we all band together, and we were nurses, teachers, iron workers, insulators, um, and when we all banded together, uh, we were all able to get elected together so we can offer what it's like to be a working class person to the Democratic Party and try to help reshape the platform out here. Absolutely. Listen, um, it, it's it, like you said, uh, you know, if we don't have a seat at the table, we're on the menu. The best way to ensure that is to be a part of the political process. Uh, Dominic, uh, another fantastic segment. Um, really just uh you know, you're doing an incredible job that the Boilermakers Union across the board at the international. And of course, we have great relationships on the East Coast here. Uh, we have them on the show a lot. Uh, I'm so proud to, to call you uh, union brothers and sisters. Dominic Lucero, ladies and gentlemen, business agent, Boilermakers Local 549. Uh, Dominic, thanks so much for joining us on the broadcast, my friend. It was a pleasure being here again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, listen, I can say this. Um, uh, this has been a phenomenal show. So happy that, you know, it, it's all about our union community, this broadcast. Uh, and, and, and certainly uh, it was great to have Ken Gomringer of the United Steelworkers on the broadcast. For Ken Gomringer, for Dominic Lucero, for Joe Krause, I'm Joe Doherty, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, constructability reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. The Eastern Atlantic state's regional council of carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure the safest best trained and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job whether it's energy from nuclear wind coal natural gas or offshore wind the eas carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on if you're interested in a job in construction visit eascarpenters.org or follow us on social at eas carpenters pbf energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Thanks for listening to tonight's labor and energy special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre recorded.